Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Welcome back to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast. We're so glad you've carved out some time to join us as we continue in our journey through Romans. Sorry for the delay. I actually just had a baby, so I'm a little sleep deprived, but we'll get through it. Today, I've got Christian again, and we're going to be touching on another wonderful truth that is revealed in Romans, and that is this matter of vessels. What does it mean when Paul refers to us as vessels? Also, why is this important? We'll be going over Romans chapter 9 and 10, but we will be mainly focusing on just a few verses for time's sake. Before we start, Christian, do you mind giving us a quick recap? Sure. Well, thanks for having me on the podcast again. I think today we're moving on to Romans chapters 9 and 10. We've been in Romans chapter 8 for the past couple of podcasts and thoroughly enjoying getting into that with you. We touched on a couple of points that were so awesome, like um, the fact that there is now then no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has freed us and that the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. And also that the spirit witnesses with our spirit that we are children of God. There's so many awesome verses in Romans chapter 8. I think we're thoroughly enjoying it. We touched on this matter of being not just being children of God, but becoming sons of God and even heirs of God and even being conformed to the image of his son, which is the true meaning behind uh, the all things that God is working out for good. With that in mind, uh, I I think we're ready to move on to chapters 9 and 10. Perfect, Christian. I've also thoroughly enjoyed Romans 8. It is one of the most crucial chapters in the entire Bible because it really reveals so much, specifically this matter of God dwelling in us. This truth is so important to what we will be bringing out today. Let me go ahead and read Romans 9.21. Again, I always encourage all our listeners to read the entire chapter. Romans 9.21 Has the potter no right over the clay? to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? Now, there are a lot of deep theological matters revealed in the whole chapter of Romans 9, but I want to focus on the specific word vessels. This word is not used often in the Bible, but the idea of it is seen through the entire Bible, probably even from Genesis. Also, like I said during the opening, this matter of vessels has a lot to do with the phrase God dwells in you from Romans 8. Christian, do you mind speaking on this thought? Yeah, I I really like how Paul uses the word vessel here, and I I think we should talk about it a little bit more. First, I want to bring up a verse 
that comes to me when talking about vessel, and this is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not out of us. Talking about vessels, I think it's a good way to describe our proper relationship with God. Uh, or, or one way of our relationship with God is we're vessel. <laughs> We've mentioned before, like in chapter 8, there's the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwelling in us. And as believers, we actually contain this uh, this infinite God. You know, that's, that's just so mind-boggling. But I, I think one point that you and I had discussed about that's a, a good point of fellowship is the difference between a vessel and an instrument. And I think this is a really good point of fellowship for us believers because we might have the concept, we might have the idea that God just wants to use me as an instrument. Like, if only I could be used by the Lord as an instrument to do his will, something like that. And that's, that's, a, that's a great aspiration, I would say. And that's awesome. But I think this misses, misses the mark a little bit on what the word is saying here, which is that God doesn't just want to use us as an instrument to do his will. If we're an instrument, that means I'm me and God is God. And that's it. But we've talked about in this podcast before, right, that God, he wants... He wants to have such an intimate relationship with us. Intimate to the point he wants to be food to us. This is all the way back to Genesis. God presenting himself as the tree of life. He wants to be that divine life to us. Dwelling in us and not just statically dwelling in us as a prisoner. But he wants to be able to spread and dwell in us. um, Resulting in a an expression, an expression of him. So in that kind of sense, that's really more of a vessel, the vessel that we've been talking about. So I, I think that's a great point here, a point of fellowship from this, this matter of us being vessels. That's awesome, Christian. I want to develop this matter of an instrument versus a vessel. When I was first saved, I was so excited about my salvation I wanted to serve God and I distinctly remember praying that God would use me for whatever he wants to do. However, my concept during that prayer was like that of an instrument. More like, Lord, if you ever have a situation that is a, quote, nail, feel free to use me like a, quote, hammer to defeat that problem. However, it's like you said, I'm still me and God is still God. In fact, the story of Samson sounds a lot like this. Yes, he was used by God to defeat many Philistines. Yes, he had super strength. But at the end of the day, Samson was still Samson and God was still God. Samson's personality, his emotions, his lust, his anger, and rage were never adjusted until maybe the very end of his life. This really is different than the matter of being a vessel. And I love how you brought out that verse in 2 Corinthians 4. The main thing is not the vessel, it's the treasure in the vessel. Hallelujah! 
We aren't just an instrument to be used by God, but rather we are a vessel to contain God. We are a vessel and our purpose is to be filled with God and to be filled to the point where we are expressing God. How marvelous is that? Anything you want to add, Christian, before we move on to Romans 10? And do you mind reading the verses there as well? I did want to add a little something about being a vessel. Being a vessel versus being an instrument, that kind of changes our responsibility. If my thought is like, I'm just an instrument to be used by God, then my focus is on like, how can I do what God wants? How, like, what do I need to be doing? And that can become very tiring. Whereas if I realize I'm a vessel, then my responsibility is to enjoy, to receive Christ, receive Christ's life, to enjoy Christ. And then organically, God will have a way to live out, be expressed through us. So I don't have to sit there struggling to figure out what's God's will uh, and, and how to do it, but simply to enjoy, uh, enjoy the Lord. Hold up, Christian. I just want to give you a strong amen. That's awesome. I couldn't have said it better than myself. Sorry, didn't want to interrupt you. Go ahead and read Romans 10. Okay, so now we're moving on to Romans chapter 10. This is uh, verses 8 through 13. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of the faith which we proclaim. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart there is believing unto righteousness, and with the mouth there is confession unto salvation. For the scripture says, Everyone who believes on him shall not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, and rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thanks, Christian. I want to start it off like this. In Romans 10:4, Paul says that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. He essentially is saying, hey, you're a believer. You're saved. You're regenerated. Stop trying to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law according to your own strength, according to your own effort. You now have God dwelling inside of you who fulfills the law. Hallelujah! And I think in those verses you read, Paul wanted to re-emphasize this point. Where is Christ? He is near. He actually uses Christ interchangeably for the word if you read all the verses together. Christ is not far away from you. Our relationship with God is no longer Him being far away and us being here on the earth. But He is near, in your mouth and in your heart. And that is so good. Looks like you want to share something, Christian. Yeah, I also really appreciated that point about the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. Um, it reminded me of some fellowship we had in our Bible study on campus when we were talking about the Lord um, being our propitiation place and everything that he had done there so that you know we could be brought back into fellowship with God. And, you know, I think we've... 
talked about before previously, this is not just like in a physical sense, but truly it's, it's in a spiritual sense. The, the reality is that Christ is so accessible today and he can be so near to us. This is even better than actually being alive during the time when the Lord was walking on the earth because we, we can have so much more of an intimate uh, contact with him. Here in these, this set of verses, it talks about calling on the Lord, confessing with our mouth and um, believing in our heart and calling on the Lord. So uh, this is such a practical way to contact the Lord, contact this one who is so available. I, I just want to mention again, you know, calling the Lord, it started all the way back from, was it Enoch or Enosh back in Genesis when man realized I'm just a frail man. <laughs> um, I'm a mortal man. And he began to call on God. And here um, in Romans, Paul says that um, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And also that the Lord is rich to all who call upon him. Talking about calling on the name of the Lord, I want to bring some verses all the way from Lamentations. Uh, Lamentations 3.55. I called upon your name, O Jehovah, from the lowest pit. You have heard my voice. Do not hide your ear at my breathing, at my cry. You drew near in the day that I called upon you. You said, do not fear. I'm just freshly appreciating again this simple way for us to contact the Lord. Um, anywhere, literally, we can call on him. Lord Jesus, Jesus. And it's a salvation. Uh, in, in Lamentations, the prophet Jeremiah is literally in a pit when he's calling. But, you know, I, I think throughout our day where we find ourselves in many different situations and many times we need some salvation. You know, I, in Romans, it talks about being saved. And sure, for sure, that's talking about our initial salvation, but also our continued salvation throughout the day. And what better to be saved than by calling on the Lord and turning to him and receiving the, the divine supply in those situations. Maybe I should stop and let you say something. Man, Christian, it's like the themes in the Bible are consistent throughout the entire Bible. Let me tie this all together. From the beginning, God had a plan for man. He made man in his image and according to his likeness. Why? Well, it's so that man could contain him. Think about a glove, how it looks just like a hand. But until the hand is put into the glove, the glove is not fulfilling its purpose. Well, through the fall, man's path back to God was cut off. He indeed was far off. But praise the Lord, Christ came. The Word became flesh. He died and resurrected. This is what Paul was referring to in Romans 10, 6-7. And guess what? Now, he's not far off anymore. He's actually close. And based on these verses, he's closer than even two friends sitting together in a cafe. He's actually in your mouth and in your heart. He's filling your vessel. But praise Him. He's not there just to fill you once when you got saved. 
but he's there ready to fill you moment by moment. He's there ready to fill you every time you call. And that's why calling on the Lord was so crucial. We see it in the patriarchs in the Old Testament. They had a practice of crying out to God. Paul here is emphasizing the same thing. He is rich to all who call on him. Does that mean he gives you money every time you call? No, but he gives you himself. He fills your vessel super abundantly. And we need this filling day by day, moment by moment. In your gross anatomy exam, you can call on him and he can be so rich to you. When I'm sleep deprived with a newborn, I can call on him and he can fill me to the brim so that I can overflow him to my family, to those around me. This is the key to being vessels. We were made to contain God, to have him dwell in us, and to have more of God poured in. We do that by calling on him day by day, moment by moment. Praise the Lord. Any closing thoughts, Christian? Maybe I, I, we can close like this. While you were speaking, I was reminded of this, uh, this story from 1 Samuel. So you're talking about you know, how the Lord can really fill us when we reach out to the Lord and we call on him in our different situations. But sometimes our, our vessel, our, our being might be a little full. We might need to breathe out or let out some stuff, make some room for the Lord. In a sense, so I, I just want to bring out this this story in First Samuel. The prophet Samuel's mother, his her name was Hannah, and she was going through a difficult situation. You can read through the verses there and, and see what it was. And here's what the word says: and she was bitter in soul, and prayed to Jehovah and wept much. And then uh, there's a priest there, Eli, and he saw her. He's like, oh my goodness, this woman's drunk on the steps of the, the temple or something. But Hannah, this was her response when, when he approached her. She said, and this is verse 15, and Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I'm a woman oppressed in spirit. I've drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before Jehovah. Gosh, I just want to mention this. When we're talking about calling on the Lord, Maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need to do a little bit of pouring out our soul before Jehovah to make some room for the Lord in our being. Uh, either way, um, I'm, I'm so thankful for this simple way, calling on the Lord, that saves us from so many things. Amen. What a great closing. May the Lord teach us how to empty ourselves out so that he can fill us with himself. With the story of Hannah, I'm reminded of the verse in Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? It means to be empty of anything that isn't God. Many times in our daily living, our vessel is filled with so many things that there isn't much room for God. But God then causes the all things that we read in Romans 8 to cause us to empty ourselves. And when we empty ourselves and turn to God, when we call on God, cry out to Him, He's filling us with Himself. I'm praying for all of y'all. May we cry out to Him this week so that we may be filled with Him. Have a great one. Fill my spirit up.
See?